Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. About two and a half weeks in the Major League Baseball season, we welcome you, welcome you in to Big Time Baseball. I'm your host, Tony Green Jr., along with my, my partner, John Heyman. John, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Tony? Well, I'm good. Baseball is in full effect. Uh, we got some, some already emerging storylines. Now, we'll start with the Tampa Bay Rays. They, they finally lose a game after going 13-0 to start the season. Um, you and I talked about it last week. I mean, every year the season starts and we kind of just put the Tampa Bay Rays in the corner. Uh, and every year they come out and they surprise everybody. This one has uh, is, is been pretty remarkable, I must say. Yeah, I'm always about the most surprised. I never even have them as a playoff team. They certainly look like one. I understand their schedule to this point has been generally easy. They finally played a quote-unquote good team in the Jays and lost, but still 13-1, very impressive. We are still in April, no guarantees of anything. The Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves of 1982, the Brewers of 87 were the previous team's in the modern era to win the first 13. And neither of those teams won the World Series, so no guarantees. Uh, they also did lose two pitchers, Zach Eflin on the IL, and obviously, sadly, Jeffrey Springs looked like an ace, also will be on the IL. But, I mean, so impressive. I, at least going into last night, uh, they were out homering the opponents, I think it was 32-6, to six, uh, homered more than the other team had scored. Uh, they've just been dominant, so... My bad. Once again, Rays are good. <laughs> a lot Always of baseball wrong. to be, a lot of, lot of baseball to be played. So we can't hold it over your head too much because we don't know how this thing's going to shake out. But certainly to start the season, Brandon Lau has been just absolutely terrific on the offensive end. Uh, you got a, a Rosarania coming over from, um, from that WBC. He seems to have been carrying it on. And you mentioned it. It, it almost felt like it was a, a, a matter of time, right? The injuries started to pile up um, and they lose their first game to a good Toronto team. But nevertheless, 13-0, pretty impressive start. Really impressive. I mean, uh, you know, I know they played Oakland and Detroit and, you know, they played some bad teams to this point. But to win 13 straight against major league teams, I mean, I guess somebody could tell you Oakland's not really a major league team, but they do have some major league players uh, you know, it's very impressive. Uh, I, you know, I wonder being in Tampa, and this is not a good excuse for me because I'm a so-called expert. Uh, they have almost no media coverage, even though that's a mid-sized market, no yeah. media coverage. So I think some of their guys, you know, are probably certainly undercovered and probably overlooked. Uh, a Rosarena, terrific player. I mean, the, you know, he was incredible in the postseason. 2020 and uh, amazing in the WBC. Uh, we should think about, at least I should not put you in this, uh, more about some of these guys. Obviously, Wander Franco, terrific talent, right? Lau and several others. They're highly underrated. I, you know, it's a little bit of an advantage in a way to be in Tampa Bay, I think, because, you know, they, they don't have any negativity in terms of the media either. And as you saw, a lot of their players have done better in Tampa than after they left. So I think there's it, it's a double-edged sword. It's positive, yet it's negative in terms of not getting the publicity that they really deserve. That's a great point, right? It, it's 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 one thing to to go out, play good baseball at a high level, um, but 
when that scrutiny gets turned up on you, not everybody, but certainly not all will react well to it. And, and so um, that I think there is a, a little bit of a, uh, an advantage there, right? You get to show up to work. Yep. You're not going to be really criticized. First of all, it's not really much to criticize. You won 13 straight at the time, <laughs> but right. you're not gonna you're not gonna be criticized. You're not gonna have the pressures of uh, a, a, let's say a, a big time area like watching. You know, as as good as they are, no one is going to those games still. Like it's it's relatively a, probably the lowest uh, out of all the te- 30, 30 teams in Major League Baseball. They probably draw the worst year in and year out. Yeah, consistently, probably. I mean, right now, Oakland is probably the lowest at this moment. But, yeah, I think you're right yeah, yeah. in terms of consistently. They're consistently low. Uh, is that a positive in terms of no pressure? Certainly the media. And this is not a small market. It's not always about the market. St. Louis is focused on baseball. They really yeah, cover yeah. the sport. You know, I think the three papers that cover the sport – Right now, like a blanket, to use a cliche, are the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the Boston Globe, and the New York Post. You know, there definitely is, you know, in those baseball towns, St. Louis, Boston, uh, New York, probably Cincinnati to a degree, even though that's the, tied for the smallest market with Milwaukee, a little more scrutiny than there is in Tampa, and it probably helps them in terms of their performance. Yeah, make no mistake about it. Uh, Kevin Cash – has these guys playing some really, really, really good He's baseball? Good. Yeah. You mentioned um, you mentioned the opposite earlier in your statement about the Oakland A's. I say the opposite because if one team is playing at an extremely high level, the Oakland A's are doing whatever the opposite is right now. And I'll be honest, it, it, the the few times I've watched, it is tough to watch, man. I mean, seventeen walks in last night's ball game. Um, they they gave up double digit runs on like three consecutive nights earlier in the year, and so uh, this team this is this is going to be a very very long year for all those guys. Listen, I, I'm certainly not going to sit here and discredit any of the players for going out. They're going out, they're busting their tail, they're trying to win ball game. But this roster, as compared to the rest of the rosters in, in Major League Baseball, is not very good. Uh, they're historically bad. I mean, they're only three and eleven now, or only you know two weeks or two and a half weeks, as you said, into the season. Um, three and eleven. I mean, this may be the rate of victory throughout the season. They they are a terrible team. Um, look, they're starting pitchers, and we're two weeks in, have an ERA of 10. 10. That you cannot live like that. I, it's a wonder they won three games like that, and their bullpen hasn't been that much better. Um, you know, I had a rival executive tell me uh, recently that it reminds him of the uh, movie Major League. Now, I'm not a movie buff, so I don't really know every detail. But I think in that movie, correct me if I'm wrong, the ownership was trying to lose. Again, not blaming any of the players, but the ownership wanted to lose. I, do they want to lose? I mean, they're not going to admit this, but is that Part of the motive to, to is that a motive to get them to Las Vegas or somewhere else? There is a lot of buzz about them going to Las Vegas. And baseball's been really good about this. I mean, some of these moves, and I, I would hope you would agree with me on this in NFL, ridiculous. The San Diego Chargers belong in San Diego. They, they yeah. don't need yeah. another team in Los I know we had no teams in Los Angeles for a while. No, and I'm not a football expert. No teams in the second biggest market. Ridiculous. And now we have two teams, which is unnecessary. 
And I mean, it certainly has helped the Padres. They are the team now in, in San Diego. And I mean, mostly the Padres are helped by the fact that they are trying. They are the opposite of the Oakland A's ownership. <laughs> Give them credit. I'm giving them all the credit, but I mean, you know, the, the Oakland A's uh, front office has been great over the past several decades. They were celebrated in the book Moneyball for being so great, for being able to win on a shoestring, but it can't go on forever like this. And, uh, you know, they, they look to me like the ownership just isn't putting in any effort, and it's it's very sad. Uh, listen, I'll tell you what. I, I bet you Oakland fans, whatever hands they have left, are hoping that this turns out like Major League. In Major League, they ended up getting to the playoffs, <laughs> and they ruined they ruined ownership's opportunity to move okay, to Florida. I believe it was. So yeah, you know well, that, that's it, the it, movies. That's Hollywood. <laughs> uh, Tony, this team, I will. I don't guarantee much because I've been wrong enough. I will guarantee this team will not be in the playoffs this year. <laughs> will not happen. That's a Hollywood I, script. <laughs> I I I have a feeling that you'll be right, and you know I. I, I know Mark Kotze personally. I mean, he was a dude that uh, was on the Padres when my dad was there. He kind of took me under his wing. I do not want to see him have to go through what he's about to go through, but it certainly looks like that's where it's headed. And listen, I, I think there's something to be said that um, we've, we've kind of gone back and forth on this over the last, I don't know, five, six years as Oakland tries to get a new place, whether it be in Oakland or whether it's in Vegas. This does seem like they are punting with that intention of being able to move. Now, we already know from from hearing from uh, from Rob Manfred that nothing's going to happen in terms of uh, expansion until Tampa's situation and Oakland's situation is resolved. So, uh, looks like Oakland may be trying to speed that process up <laughs> with uh, with the year they're putting yeah. together. And you're kind to say five, six years. This has been going on more than a decade at this point. It may seem like you're right, but it, you're right. It's been going on forever. Same in Tampa, and uh, you hear of a little progress with the stadium in Tampa, but it's gone back and forth forever. I, I don't feel that there's much chance of a stadium there. Uh, you know, I don't know that for sure. Oakland certainly does not seem that way. You hear rumors now of Las Vegas. They're saying nothing's imminent in terms of the move, but of course they have to say that. So. You know, let me, ask, we'll let see. me ask you a question when it comes to, to this whole moving and expansion issue, because you saw um, that Salt Lake City has thrown their name in the hat in terms of uh, getting in its expansion team. How long do you think Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred in particular, is willing to wait this out? Because it does seem like the expansion topic has started to come up a lot more in the last couple of years. But it seems like, I mean, Rob Manfred has been very patient with the Oakland situation and the Tampa situation. How long do you think that they'll wait? Because I would imagine Major League Baseball, they want to expand here as, as soon as they can. Right, but they have to get the right cities. You know, we have to question now whether Tampa and even Miami were the right cities to have two teams in wow. Florida both struggling. So you got to make sure that you've got it right. You know, he did say he's willing to wait and see how the stadium thing plays out. So I I mean, this could be endless. Uh, give yeah. them credit yeah. for speeding up the games, but this process, I'm not sure it's going to be speeded up. And there, there is, beyond the fact that there are towns out there that make sense, I think Las Vegas and, to me, Nashville make the most sense. Uh, you know, obviously you've got Portland, you've got Charlotte, you've got Salt Lake City, Montreal. There's a number of candidates. 
32 teams, mathematically speaking, uh, might make more sense than 30, maybe. Uh, you know, I'm not a math expert, but uh, it does seem to be more of a round number. In, but, you know, I, I think that the big thing is, as you said, they've got to wait and see what happens with Oakland and Tampa. But a lot of waiting here. I'm get, glad the games have been speeded up, but the, this actual yeah. process uh, it seems to be endless. Yeah, uh, you, you hope that they come to some type of, uh, I don't know, not decision, but uh, 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 an answer for all these teams that are not trying to win baseball games. You add two more, or will they be doing the same thing? I don't know. It's 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 a it's a it's a sticky situation, but it'll work itself out at some point. Let's move on to the Phillies, who and a lot of people felt you and I both felt would be a a, a team that could win this division and, and be make some noise. They have started off slow. Uh, and all of a sudden, Bryce Harper, who seems to be coming a little bit faster than everybody thought he would be, is uh, yeah. may play some may some play some first base for this ball club. He's begin starting to to hit a little bit. Yeah, even faster than I thought. Uh, they said first half. Uh, I had heard potentially late May. At this point, he he may be that uh, in terms of the hitting. He seems to be ready. They're not sure on the sliding. I say, you know, we don't have to all be Trey Turner with his fantastic slide. You know, if if you can get him in the in in the games and hit, uh, that'd be quite a value for Philly. This guy's a ball player, wants to get on the field, chomping at the bit, willing to play first base. I mean, and I'm with you. We were together on this. The Philly should be an outstanding team. They were really good as soon as they brought in Rob Thompson, and obviously they did great in the playoffs. Surprised a lot of people, including myself. Then added Turner, uh, Taiwan Walker, uh, Kimbrel, Soto. Uh, I think their winter was as good as anybody's. Uh, they should be a much better team than they've shown so far. Yeah, no, it's it's really been um, confusing in some ways. I mean, obviously, when you lose Hoskins, that's that's gonna that's gonna hurt a yeah. little bit. And uh, but it hasn't just been on the offensive end where they struggled. They struggled uh, in the rotation a little bit, uh, the bullpen a little bit, and you know you can get a guy like Bryce Harper back that does patch up some holes by itself. I mean, he's huge. We saw that in the playoffs last year. This should be a great team, seriously. Nola Wheeler at the top of that rotation. Ranger Suarez, if fully healthy, really good number three starter. Taiwan, good number four starter. The first time I, in probably 10 years I look at that bullpen and I don't cringe. It looks right, right. okay. Looks like they can survive, particularly with that rotation and that offense. Uh, at full strength, with Harper back, even without Hoskins, I think this is the best lineup in baseball. We got to wait to see exactly when Harper comes back, but I think everybody's now expecting it to be not too much longer. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll sit back, wait and see. Right now, the Phillies five and nine, fourth place uh, in the National League East. Again, a lot of baseball left, so can't make too many can make too many. Um, can't come up with too many answers as it pertains to that. All right, let's let's go to Detroit. We don't we don't talk about Detroit very often, um, but certainly this was a team maybe two three years ago had surprised a lot of people by finishing close to five hundred. They might even have been right at five hundred, and they seem to have gone backwards since. AJ Hinch is a terrific manager, a World Series winner, um, but hasn't quite been able to get this ship kind of going in the right direction. He he made some uh, some tough decisions a couple games ago. Javi Baez, who the night before had a base running blunder, um, had another one. Now I know a lot of people will focus on him not getting out of the box 
on the double, but he got a double. So I, I won't, I don't think we should hold that over his head. However, the following bat batter with one out, he gets doubled off a second, forgetting how many outs there are. Now, uh, AJ Hinch, I had to set a had to send a message to his ball club because as he said, it wasn't just Javi Baez who was making these mistakes. He just happened to be the one to make the mistake that he had to kind of make an example out of. Javi Baez, although I don't know that he his his answer was the greatest. I think ultimately he accepted the the punishment and understood what why it was happening. Uh, but this is something that I think A.J. Hinch, I had no problem with. I think this is something A.J. Hinch had to do because if the rest of those guys look and see Javi Baez can be snatched out of a game for, for making a, a mental mistake, that means everybody's going to be held accountable. Absolutely. Well-deserved. I mean, he had the triple whammy. He's overpaid based on his performance. He's not performed well. Forgetting underperformed, he's performed poorly since he got there and made a mental gaffe that is really unforgivable and losing track of the number of outs. I'm with you on the double. It's okay. You can live with that. Uh, I did get to second, but you, you got to remember the outs when you're not performing well. And this is a guy with incredible talent. Uh, did great in New York other than that thumbs down episode, uh, which he took all the blame for, but he wasn't the only one doing it. Uh, but you know, we see what's going on in Detroit and, uh, you know, it's they've made a lot of mistakes, and I think they need to be thankful that there's such a thing as the Oakland A's because they're pretty terrible, also. And good thing, uh, good thing that AJ Hinch did the right thing here. I don't know this is going to solve anything. This team is not good, even if they're hustling, it's not a good team. They've yeah. got a new general manager, obviously, with Scott Harris. May take a while to get everything in place, but I mean. The underperformance of the draft picks, Torkelson in particular, has been notable. Uh, they have some pieces that we think will be good players. Riley Green should be. He was an outstanding amateur hitter. Um, you know, they're not completely bereft of talent, but they look like they're a couple of years away. Hinch did the right thing. I'm not sure it's the solution. They need to do, uh, they need to get a better team on the field. Yeah, no, it, it may not solve all of their problems but when you're this early in the season and if you don't nip those type of things in the butt as bad as it is now it could get a whole lot worse if you continue to have guys making mental mistakes like that and so um aj hench had to do what he had to do let's slide over to the national league central where the rookie jordan walker was off to a, a terrific start hitting streak got up to uh 12 games it was finally snapped. First of all, you know, you I had heard a lot about Jordan Walker, but I hadn't actually seen him. The video in which uh which in which Marmol is telling him he made the team. It's funny because he's sitting down the whole time and at the end of the video he gets up and I realized how big this guy is. He is huge. I mean, I mean it was almost like watching um Judge and Altuve in that one photo where he's standing next to him. That's what it looked like watching him. He's off to a terrific start. This guy can play. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, the reason that you hadn't seen him before is because you are a fortunate one who gets to be in Arizona for spring training. <laughs> Those of us who had to drive around Florida like a nut, uh, I saw him several times. And, yes, he's huge, and he hits huge home runs, long distance, reminded people of McGuire back in spring training out in Jupiter, and uh, this guy's an amazing talent to be there at 20 years old doing this. This is obviously 
barring something weird, this is obviously a future superstar that we're talking about. You don't come to the major leagues. I guess there have been some rare instances where somebody comes to major league and does something special at 20 or 21 and doesn't become a star, I guess. But normally, if you're at the major league level, by the time you're at 20 and you're doing this, you're you're going to be quite a superstar. And uh, that's that's the, what we think is going to happen. They, they're great at drafting, developing, amazing. Some of yeah. their trades aren't so great. I mean, I mean, if I'm them, I'm still, what am I, why did I trade a Rosarino? Why did I trade Alcantara? Why did I trade Zach Gallen? They're drafting and developing. It's kind of made up for it. And uh, it's another one that looks like a winner. They've got some other guy, Mason Wynn at shortstop, throws the ball 100 miles an hour across the diamond. I can tell you this because you, again, had the luxury of being in Arizona for spring training. Uh, they've got some, they've got some players coming and they're off to a, a rocky start, but I mean, obviously any team with Goldschmidt, Arenado, this should be a good team. This team should win that division so far. Not there. Uh, yeah, I guess you can't be good at everything, right? I mean, they do draft, they develop well. So they're one thing that they don't have it necessarily wrap their minds around is the whole trading thing um alcantara is alcantara i mean some of those trades you just yeah. mentioned i mean those are some those are some pretty talented guys well yeah the alcantara gallon trade for ozuna is probably the worst trade of the last decade or so but i will say this for them they they did trade for arenado they did trade for goldschmidt so they got those right so i i don't want to leave this and just say that they're so terrible at trading they do take chances made some mistakes but, you know, they, they make up for it with their drafting and their developing. And uh, I know there's some pitching questions there, but, God, they should win that division, I do think. Milwaukee's looked pretty good so far. I mean, Pittsburgh's been a surprise, but I, I, St. Louis should win that division. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers, because I happen to have seen them the last two days. And um, without a Burns right now, or who the Padres are going to miss, and without a, a, a Woodruff who is on the IL right now, they're number one in ERA. I mean, these this team is is depending on their pitching. And don't look now. Uh, Christian Yelich looks healthy. Uh, they got some guys in that lineup who are, are swinging the bat. They run the bases. They take advantage of the new rules and 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 their run game. This team is building confidence pretty early on. They 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 got a, a swagger about them right now. Yeah, I mean, they've done a better job drafting lately, too. I mean, Garrett Mitchell, who had the walk-off home run against the Mets, a UCLA star, I'm not sure how he lasted to the middle of the first round. You look in, at that draft, that first, that I think it was 2019 draft, it's, you know, you would reorder it completely. I mean, Corbin Carroll, yeah. you know, you got, I think, Brett Beatty, who's certainly a good enough hitter to be at the major league level. They would move up, and you've got, I mean, Torkelson was picked one. I, you know, that could just, that may end up being another Tiger mistake. We'll see. It's it's obviously early in the game. 2019 draft wasn't that long ago, but Garrett Mitchell, star at UCLA, I, I suspect that it all came to the, back, down to the fact that he was diabetic and teams shied away. I mean, this is – we're now – that was 2019, I believe. I mean, we have modern medicine. I'm not sure why teams shied away. This guy, to me, at this point, either he or Carroll looks like the best player out of that draft. So give the Brewers credit for, for doing that. I don't think that's taking a chance. Maybe other teams thought they were taking a chance. But, yeah, their pitching's been good, too. Peralta, they, they to me, obviously, they made that hater trade, which you're very familiar with, which we still don't quite get. Uh, they did end up making something out of that, though, obviously, 
they traded uh, Ruiz, who came in that draft for Contreras, who had a, last I looked at it, hitting streak since he got there and it, batting in the middle of the order. Um, you know, they've got some good things going. Once Woodruff is back and Burns is really on his game, you know, they're they're always a threat. And, you know, it's a small, mar- very small market team that's been able to make the playoffs the last for the most of the last few years, other than last year when that hater trade really cost them the spot that they should have had. Um, so, you know, I mean, I look at the National League and I'm thinking it's got to be, you know, we got to know these teams. It's got to be the Dodgers, the Padres, Cardinals, Phillies, Braves, and Mets. That's one thing I a little, you know, tough about the National League. There are six teams that seem to have uh, a leg up on all the other teams. But, you know, look at Milwaukee looks pretty good. So maybe they'll threaten that top six. Yeah, the, the, they they do two things well. They pitch and they catch it behind the pitchers. And so anytime you can play defense and, and keep guys off the board, you're going to have a chance to win ballgames. The only thing that concerns me about the Brewers is their depth. If, if somebody gets hurt, um, it could really change the way uh, they look offensively and defensively. So, uh, But they're certainly off to a good start. Peralta seems to be back on it in his first couple of starts of the year. He's thrown the ball well. Um, he pitches tonight. Uh, against the Padres going up against Seth Lugo. Uh, let's talk about the po- the two teams that I think everybody felt really good about when they made predictions at the beginning of the season, and that is the Padres and the Astros, both right now under 500. Again, it's early, but certainly didn't see that coming for either the Padres or the Astros. No, I mean, the Astros had a tough spring. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Brantley was out. Uh, Altuve got hit in the WBC uh, at the time, uh, Jordan was out for most of spring training. We didn't know if he was going to make it back. He has, and he's hitting like he always does. But, you know, it's tough to come back after a championship. Guys getting injuries. So I'm not surprised about that one. Me, the Padres, I have them as a World Series team. Um, you know, I, I think they're still waiting. Uh, now, we've seen moments from Soto, but I think they're still waiting for him to be that guy that he was in Washington. And why, that's why... Uh, we don't have an extension offer at this point. Uh, he has not been that guy to this to this point. It's not going to be easy anyway with Scott Boris as his agent. This is going to be one of the best free agents ever. <laughs> you know, he's 20, how old is he? 23, 24 years old, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, he's going to be one of the best free agents ever after next year. It's probably tough to sign him anyway, but, you know, it's, it's a tough call to even make that $500 million offer when he really has not hit the same as he did in Washington. I, I do think he prefers to bat third. It seems like he's been batting third lately. Uh, you know, they're, they're probably going to have to keep batting him third if that's what he wants. You know, they have a stack of superstars at the top of the lineup, so it's probably not easy to pick which one's one, which one's two, which one's three. Uh, but I think Soto likes to see the pitches, so he wants to see more pitches and probably more comfortable at third. But, I mean, that's can't be the whole reason that he has basically been an average hitter after being the best hitter in the big leagues when he was in Washington. Yeah, he, he started the year batting second. Both him and Machado got off to slow starts, so you saw Bob Melvin flip, and they both kind of started getting going. We had Soto hit the, the three homers in a, in, a, in a short span of days, but then they both kind of faded off a little bit. So, you know, Bob Melvin certainly has his hands full in terms of where to put guys and who wants to hit where. And, and so uh, it's early. Once again, I'll say that. So 
Um, we won't put too much emphasis on it. They, they're trying to get going. They certainly are expected to be a good ball club. I want to talk about the Braves real quick because um, they've started to play some good baseball after losing three or four to the Padres, actually. Uh, but Orlando Arcia, who was off to a terrific start, he's now out with a fractured wrist. Uh, this is a, you know, they, they have depth. That's the, that's the thing about the Braves. They can call up Grisham and, and, and maybe plug him in, but, Orlando Arcia was kind of the surprise to start the season. He had really been good for that team. That's a that's a tough break for him and the Braves. Yeah, unfortunate injury. I mean, good for him that he signed an extension, as everybody does with the Braves. People love to be Atlanta, and they want to be with a winner. This is, I think, the World Series favorite at this moment uh, as we speak, and uh, I understand why. I mean, uh, you know, they've got a terrific all-around team and a very young team, a team that won 101 games last year and is very, very young. That's a good recipe for uh, success. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, that's going to do it for this week of Big Time Baseball. Make sure you subscribe, like, wherever you get your podcast. You can get it on the Odyssey app as well. Until next week, we'll do it again. I'm John, He's John Heyman. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. Also, don't forget, hit your auto-download feature so you just get this, this podcast right off the jump. Until next week, you guys take care.